Good morning, basketball fans. Welcome to another edition of the Upstate Hoops podcast. I'm Jim Sinecropi here inside the FingerLakes1.com studios on the third floor of the North Park building in Seneca Falls, New York. It's our weekly roundup of Wayne Finger Lakes High School basketball on Sunday, January 6, 2019. And today, I'm going to take some time and um, answer some questions that I get a lot uh, when we're out um, you know, about doing our live webcast of games. And the, the number one question is, you know, how do you guys choose where you're going to go? Or why won't you, why aren't you coming here for this game or that game? I'm going to take you inside the inner workings of the FL1 sports uh, planning team as we choose, you know, where we're going to go and what games we're going to do. Uh, we're going to, of course, wrap up the week in Wayne Finger Lakes High School basketball. Another short week coming off the New Year's holiday. We'll look at next week's schedule, some of the games we'll be looking at. And um, review some of our bold predictions from last week. See how they're holding up. We'll give our, our new Wayne Finger Lakes power rankings at the end of the show. And so for about the next hour, we're going to be talking high school basketball. Wayne Finger Lakes high school basketball of Section 5. Here inside the Finger Lakes studio. The Upstate Hoops podcast and all of our coverage of Wayne Finger Lakes High School basketball is brought to you thanks to the support of Generations Bank. The newest way to save money is also the easiest way to save money. With the new MyGen Perks mobile app, get all the details at MyGenBank.com. And by Little John Orthodontics, Dr. Rod Little John and Dr. Liz Barbie are proud to support our area high school athletes. Check out Dr. Rod and Dr. Liz online at LittleJohnOrtho.com. And Bill Cram Chevrolet. All roads lead to Bill Cram Chevrolet on 5 and 20 between Seneca Falls and Waterloo. Browse their full inventory of new and used vehicles at BillCramChevrolet.com. And Bill Cram Chevrolet happens to be where we Finger Lakes One purchased our FL1 mobile unit, uh, where we pack up all our equipment and crew and head out a couple times a week to a different gym in the Wayne Finger Lakes to live stream. A game, bring it into the comfort of your home worldwide, internationally. You could watch our games in Australia. You could watch them in uh, Waterloo. They're every, they're everywhere. And this week we went to Marcus Whitman. Uh, saw Naples take on Marcus Whitman on Friday night in the Finger Lakes West, and that was a real entertaining uh, night. wasn't that close of a game, but but it was um, great accommodations from Paul A. Hugh. In company at Marcus Whitman for us for the first time in that jam gym we were able to uh, stream out live video and uh, so I'm sure you know we'll be back to Marcus Whitman uh, it's, it's an awesome place to be and uh, we'll talk about that game coming up here but you know when we start our season out it's we start selling sponsorships in September October and then by, you know, we used to make the schedule first and then try to go sell the sponsors, but the schedule kind of comes out too late for us to do that. And now we've kind of established ourselves a little bit where people know some of our sponsors know what we're going to do. So we don't need to exactly say this is exactly where we're going to go. It's also to enable us to get our sponsors and then custom tailor our schedule to uh, make sure that 
we're doing plenty of games uh, that have the most sponsor support geographically. And so we want to cover all the Wayne Finger Lakes. Um, unfortunately, most of our sponsors, Seneca County, um, southeastern Wayne County. I mean, it's, you know, Geneva, Seneca Falls, Waterloo, and Newark, Lions area. So that's where the bulk of our games will be. Um, if you want us to do more games in your area, uh, turn us on, give us a lead. Give us a business who loves high school athletics and understands the value of marketing their business or their brand or their products or services to uh, high school basketball fans. It's pretty powerful. Most people who watch our games are grateful for the exposure that we're giving the kids, whether it be their their parents of those kids or their grandparents, aunts and uncles, um, school administrators. Uh, it's a great way to reach a younger demographic because a lot of players and former players and their friends are, are tuning in. And then we try to turn the camera on the people in the crowd too. So if you're in the crowd at a game we're doing, there's a chance you'll be able to go back and find yourself you know, after the fact. So, you know, that's one of the most important things um, when, that we look at when filling out our schedule. But we do try to get a look at all the leagues at some point um, and sectional contenders. So we will do our best avoiding conflicts. We've done when sectionals rolls around to cover all the Wayne Finger Lakes teams we can in sectional finals, There's a lot of semifinals too, um, and beyond. Sometimes that's been really difficult where we've had to break up into two teams, two totally separate, you know, equipment packages um, and production teams and head to two different spots. And sometimes one of those teams had to leave one place and go to another place um, all in the same day. But that's our goal. So if we can kind of predict who some of these sectional championship contenders are and we want to get at least one or two looks at them during the season so when we follow their postseason run it's not the first time you know that we're seeing them or our viewers are 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 getting a look at them so and then other than that there's some annual games of importance that we do rivalry games we love rivalry games we love the girls boys double headers when, when they what can happen um that's always a good chance to to get us out to your gym if we get a chance to do two games at once girls and boys um and it's the, the holiday tournaments also usually provide either whether it's a preseason tournament um, or a holiday tournament. It's a good opportunity for us to get multiple teams in one, you know, one day, one setup. Uh, so they're not, Rhett Taconi's not doing the NYCC tip-off classic anymore. That was always a great thing, for, way for us to tip off our season. And actually last year it was during the Christmas break, but where we could set up and get four games at once in a great venue uh, at the New York Chiropractic College. And so this year we were able to go to Waterloo and we did, um, was that a triple header? Yeah, a triple header in Waterloo at their Hall of Fame Classic and then a double header in Geneva for their Holiday Classic. Uh, it's uh, our actual Waterloo Hall of Fame Classic where we did three games on the same night. And then Geneva's Holiday Classic where, of course, just last weekend we did the the Lions North Star Christian game in the uh, Geneva Rochester Prep. So 
That's kind of what we look at. Another thing that we have to look at is the actual facilities and gymnasiums that these games are in. So if we have never done a game in a particular gymnasium, we usually have to get out there and take a look at it and scout it out first for internet connectivity and, you know, where the power outlets are and where we're going to position our cameras and our all that stuff. So there's some gyms that we're more familiar with because we've done lots and lots of games. You know, one of the best gyms to do a game in is Newark. Lots of, we get a great position up at midcourt, lots of room up there to set up, um, great internet, uh, really supportive staff. Um, our, we're, our office is right here in Seneca Falls, New York, so it's always easy, even though Arthur L. Baker Gymnasium isn't the easiest game to site to webcast from, we've done dozens of games from that gym, and we just, you know, drive five minutes across town, and then when the game's over, you know, I, we get to go downtown and get something to eat or head home uh, so there's less travel involved there and same thing with waterloo you know it's just a five minute drive up to waterloo high school and that gym is great accommodations for us um so those are some of the things that we look at and then it's also just like the we can we can only do so it, it there's some costs to doing games <laughs> You know, everybody gets paid. There's travel. There's uh, wear and tear and equipment. Uh, it essentially is costing us an average of about $400 a game to do a game. That includes the pre-game prep, the post-game production, the crew that's on site, uh, gas to get to and from. Um, some of these might even include, uh, you know, dinner after at some of these games because we need to eat. Uh, so on average, it's about $400 a game. So, you know, you can imagine if we're doing 28 regular season games and another 12, 14 postseason games, um, it's expensive. We can't, we are, we don't, we always do as many games as we can with hope, hopefully not losing too much money. Um, but, you know, we got to be careful there. Uh, we are a business and, um, one of the benefits of doing this is it really helps our brand uh, get out there in these different communities. But, um, you know, the more sponsors we get, the more games we're going to be able to do, the more wide-ranging geographical location of our sponsors, you know, the more wide-ranging geographical um, games you're going to find on our schedule. So, and then, you know, there's a work-life balance. Um, I can't or we can't, you know, even though there's not too much going on in winter, it's tough for me personally to coach my daughter's seventh grade travel team and, you know, go to two or three high school games a week, you know, do the other stuff at FingerLakes1.com that I have to do that's not related in any way to high school basketball. And uh, modified basketball starting up for my daughter, that's a game you know two three times a week at 4 30 in the afternoon um so it's 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 tough it's it, and it's a grind too physically i'm getting old er i'm getting older um availability of broadcasters uh we don't have that many play-by-play -play guys um we we really could use more play-by-play -play guys seems like we can always round up some color commentators uh it's I don't want to say, it, well, it's easier as a color commentator to prepare and show up for a game 
than it is for the play-by-play -play guy. But the color guy's got to be good. But luckily, I think that we just have a bunch of really you know, knowledgeable, interesting um, guys that work for us on the color end. And then the cameras um, and production end. So there's we have three people that can produce these games now. Uh, it would be great if we could have five or six. And by producer, you got to be in charge of getting on site, setting everything up, know the way it's configured for a certain gym. you got to be able to overcome problems that arise every single time we go set up, especially at a place that we don't do a lot of games, um, how to overcome something that happens that maybe you didn't expect. So... Uh, it, there is a lot to it, and um, that's all the stuff that kind of goes into us deciding where and when we're going to be. Uh, but I want to share something with you here too. It's our, it's kind of a spreadsheet that we use uh, uh, for laying out our upcoming games. So here we go. Let's go to like what we were looking at heading into this week. Um, you know, week six after the new year. Thought about maybe doing that Geneva Midlakes girls game. We traditionally do Alliance Clyde game. So when we first did our schedule in the beginning of the uh, season, that Lions Clyde game was on there. But, um, you know, Clyde's in major rebuilding mode and Lions is in, in sectional championship state final four mode. And uh, it, that game was I can't remember the margin. I'll give it to you in a little bit, but it was a lot. It wouldn't have been that exciting of a game for us to to do. Um, Wayne at Midlakes Girls was interesting. All those these games on Friday the fourth were um, games that were of interest in. But it really came down to Geneva Waterloo or Naples Whitman, and we've had Waterloo and Geneva on a couple times already, and we had a chance to go out west for a matchup of undefeated West teams, and so that's what we did. And um, we're, we're glad we did. We made the right choice there. Um, but we're moving on to this week here. You can see those games in yellow. Those are the games we've actually decided to do. And this was some of the situations that we get into that are really tough. I wanted this year to get to Gananda, and it seemed like East Rochester Gananda is the rivalry game. I mentioned we wanted rivalries. Um, but you can see here that that came situated on a Wednesday in between these other games on Tuesday and Thursday. I always like the crossovers too. So you see Gananda Midlakes up there. I always like a chance to do those, but this was a really busy week with a lot of prospective games that we might do. And, you know, we haven't had Newark on yet. I don't think we've ever gone this late in the season without having Newark. Um, and so you're going to see a lot of Newark coming up the next couple of weeks as they're one of the main contenders in the East, and they got a great shot to make some noise in the East when they play Wayne on Tuesday night. So we're going to be there um, in Wayne, in Ontario. We've done game from there before, so we know what to expect. Uh, and then traditionally we do a Romulus-South Seneca girls game at Romulus, um, you know, Romulus in the coverage area of the majority of our sponsors. And... We like the rivalry game, so that was a pretty much one that we're going to be doing, um, you know, regardless, either Romulus at South Seneca or South Seneca at Romulus. So so there's no way that we can do three games in a row. I mean, I thought about it, but it's just, it really is just too much. Uh, 
it's, it's really too much to try to do three games in a row here in the regular season. Sometimes in the postseason, we're doing three or four nights in a row. But so unfortunately, we decided, you know, we're not going to be able to do that ER Gananda game. And again, zero sponsors from that particular area. Uh, you know, if if we did have, you know, one or two sponsors from, you know, the Gananda, we might we would make sure that we would get uh, a trip to Gananda. But we do do Gananda games. You know, we have them against Lions coming up here as you look that further down. Um, so we've only we're only announcing two weeks out here. So those games in yellow that you see, Wayne and Newark, South Seneca Romulus, and Gananda Lions. Those are pretty much set in stone right now. That Miners-Newark game is probably set in... I wouldn't say it's set in stone. Miners a little down. Um, that's a game we traditionally do. We're probably going to do it, but we haven't announced it yet. And I'll just come down here. I'm really giving up some secrets here. Um, you know, moving it up to the next week, we just have, at the moment, one game tentatively scheduled. Red Jacket at South Seneca Girls. Again, that's a rematch of the Class uh, C2 championship game last year. So that's on our schedule. You know, Lions Sotis on that Friday night, probably not going to do that. Um, Waterloo at Wayne, you know, maybe. I mean, that that's a big game for, for Waterloo. They've had a tough week, um, but... That'd be another trip way up to Ontario. You know, Minders Penyan on that Friday night probably not going to happen. Waterloo Wayne girls, I don't know. Um, it's Mid Lakes beat Wayne pretty good um, girls this week, so maybe we try to get a Waterloo Mid Lakes later in the season, which we do have, I think, tentatively scheduled. And, you know, and then you come down here. We got the return trip for Wayne coming to Newark. And then we got that Minders Waterloo doubleheader. Hundred percent chance we're doing that. Um, and, and some other games on here, you know, that Whitman Minders crossover on February 4th. And then we haven't even picked a game yet for the final week of the season. So we've put a lot of tentative games in there. We're trying to, we might even add some that you don't see on there yet. We're going to try to see what happens as we move forward and try to get games of import, games of importance. Um, so anyways, I hope that answers some of the questions about the process that we go through. Um, you know, I've had parents say, you know, the Geneva JV girls are really good this year. I can't believe you guys don't come out and, and do those games. <laughs> so you can see how any JV team is not going to really fall on our radar when we have all these other decisions to make. Um, on varsity games throughout three leagues. So, but we try, and the, and the final thing is we got to keep that number of regular season games around, um, you know, 26, 27, 28. Because um, if we go over that, then we start losing money. And, and with the postseason coming up where you're never sure exactly how many games you're going to be doing, but the past few years it's been, you know, 10 or 12 minimum. So, got to keep things in check here. Uh, but again, Help us out with sponsors. If you know a business or you own a business, you love high school sports, you like what we do, you know, give us a call and get on the slate for um, next season's call list. 
as we want need to expand our sponsorships if we need to do more. Uh, we certainly appreciate all the great sponsors, but a lot of them, like I said, are geographically located up around here where we are. Um, and it makes sense because those are the customers and businesses and individuals that we, we know best. So that's why we need your help if you're living a little bit outside of our home base here in Seneca Falls. Um, we could really use help in, in finding out some sponsors that uh, would want to get involved. So anyways, let's move things ahead now to the uh, week in Wayne Finger Lakes basketball. Oh, I really screwed something up here that I'm going to need later. Let me try to get it back. Oh, boy, it just got worse. Bear with me for just a second. One-man show while I repair this. And okay, so let's start out with the uh, boys in the Finger Lakes East. Short week, like I said, Wednesday night kind of kicked off the week. Waterloo, Greece, Olympia rematch of the game where opening game of the season for Waterloo, where Olympia beat them pretty bad. And it was a chance for redemption maybe for Waterloo. I thought they might do better because they had kind of gotten themselves in order and uh, really been one of the big stories of the season so far pre-Christmas you know, Christmas break. But Olympia has put up 91 points on them, 91 to 70. Waterloo loses. Um, and then they come back Friday night with a huge game in the East, Geneva going to Waterloo. You remember last week I said Geneva is going to finish second in the Finger Lakes East. And for them to do that, they really needed to to win this game against Waterloo. And they did, 56-48, just a great, great defensive effort. So Waterloo loses two games this week, one in which they score 70 and, and lose, and another in which uh, they only give up 56 and lose. But that's what happens when you play Geneva. They're defensive-minded. They like to get you into the half court. And um, I really like this Geneva group uh, is – you know, if you went back three weeks ago, you would probably think, well, Waterloo and Geneva are both Class B1. So you'd probably think Waterloo may be a better chance at a sectional title in B1 than Geneva. But, you know, a few weeks now, Geneva's back at full strength and they're starting to play really well. I mean, I think Coach Miller had some frustrating groups the past several years and I think this one is all on the same page and then when everything was all rosy in Waterloo I heard some um some just everything not as rosy as it was after that win over minders and the Finger Lakes Times front page article and all that um they've lost two or three in a row uh so that is going to be interesting to see how coach Pitifer and uh, those boys rebound um, heading forward here. Certainly not out of the East race yet, uh, and certainly still contenders for a sectional title. But if I had to rank sectional contenders in B1 right now, I would put Newark and Geneva as, as uh, more likely contenders. Um, and then certainly Greece Odyssey uh, and Olympia ahead of Waterloo. So now all of a sudden, instead of being like maybe one or two, they're down to like five or six. And it seems less likely they'll get that first sectional title since 1972. But a lot of time to right the ship. 
moving on here in the Finger Lakes East, we have uh, we have Mid Lakes traveled to Wayne. 75-46 win for Wayne. They're back north after playing down in Florida. Uh, Nick Carmichael, 26 points and 9 rebounds. Hit a couple three-pointers. Logan Blankenberg, 19 points, 5 assists, 14 rebounds. Jaden Burley, 12 points, 9 rebounds. Billy Thompson, 7 points, 5 assists. Um, no surprise there. The Wayne train keeps rolling on. Newark. Went down to Penyan and not an easy place to go. And certainly a game that I thought Newark could slip up, but they rolled 63-33, 30-point win. Jaden Peters, 20 points. Mason Vandermortel, 16 points. Josh Green, 13 points. For Penyan, it was uh, Peyton Shuck with 15. And then the Miners boys needing a win. Um, got it at Pelmac, 63-41, behind 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists from Darren Miller. Troy Cabot, just a freshman with 13 points. Jared King, 10. Christian Torres, back in action, 7. Jake, the Snake, Smith, 5 points. And for Pelmac, it was Tanner Thompson with 11. John Blazy with 9. And so I know I got some standings here for you. If I can get them up here. In the Finger Lakes East, there we go. Finger Lakes East standings. Wayne, just a one-game lead, or half-game lead over Newark and Geneva. <clears throat> That's why Tuesday night, that Wayne-Newark game's big, and we're going to be there. I can't wait for that one. Um, Newark, big and physical. Uh, Wayne, we know what Wayne is. Um, not much has changed over the past two three years. Uh, we're going to get the same type of deal. And I'd say Wayne's got to be five or six point favorites at home. But uh, if anybody wants to win the East this year, um, they're going to have to, somebody's going to have to beat Wayne. And Newark and Geneva are the best bets. So, and Waterloo potentially. So we're going to see what happens on Tuesday night. Big game in the Finger Lakes East. And. Tuesday night. So let's now take a look at the Finger Lakes Boys West action this week. So we had Naples on Friday night. Undefeated, heading into this week. They had to go at Prattsburgh on Wednesday night. Knew that would be a tough one for them. Uh, but Prattsburgh won easy, 78-53. <clears throat> Mason Putnam for Prattsburgh, 47 points, 10 steals, 47 uh, James Crowder at 11.6 assists and 15 rebounds. But Mason Putnam puts up 47 on Naples. Cole Rathbun, 23.7 rebounds in the loss. Nick Green with 10. Ben Green with 10. Ben Gordon with 6. If Prattsburgh is in D2, they're a D2 school. <clears throat> and they're going to be tough to beat in D2. Where only local team we have there will be the Romulus boys in D2. So... That moves us ahead to the Marcus Whitman game, Whitman-Naples, on Friday night. And it was all Whitman from the start, 86-47. Seth Benedict, career-high 26 points. Ryan Herod, 15 points. Liam Prendergrass, 14 points. Noah Hildreth, 8. Connor Tomian, just a freshman, 8. Jordan Lahue, sophomore, 8. 
John Donovan, their senior leader, seven points, but he didn't really need to um, to provide much scoring that game. Uh, for Naples, Cole Rathman held to just 12, his low for the season. Ben Green, 11. Nick Green, 7. So, um, again, I said it during the broadcast that myself and Kevin Sharp were courtside for this one. This isn't an indictment on Naples. Like, I still think Naples is pretty good and a real contender in Class C3. But it is, says, man, these Marcus Whitman kids um, in that program, the stuff that's going on there is really special. Uh, stranglehold now on the Finger Lakes West. They're alone in first place. Um, unselfish team, uh, su- very supportive of each other, um, great support from their fans and community. And... Uh, they were just so much fun to watch. 28 assists they dished out in that game. 26 points on 28 assists. You don't see that too often. And you can go back and watch that game. I would recommend that you do. It was a really entertaining game to watch. And I'm really excited to see this Marcus Whitman Minders game that we got coming up later on this year. Um, love those crossovers. And uh, Whitman hasn't won a sectional title since 1976. They got a good chance this year um, in C1. It won't be easy, though. I think C.G. Finney's in there with him. I think Avon's in there with him. Um, but it's not. It, it, it's never easy to win a sectional title. And um, Whitman has had some tough luck the past few years in the sectional playoffs. So this might be their year. I know that, uh, that they've made it a goal, and uh, it should be fun to watch. But we had a great opportunity to talk to Seth Benedict, he was our Chichino's Pizzeria player of the game. He came on the Little John Orthodontics Smiles with Style postgame show with myself and Kevin Sharp. And we had a little microphone problem, so I'm going to try to um, adjust the volume as we go here as you watch this interview with uh, Seth Benedict. Seth Benedict, a Division One lacrosse prospect, uh, but also had a great night against Naples. So let's check out this postgame interview with Seth Benedict. And welcome back inside uh, Marcus Whitman High School, Jim Tuck Court, where once again your final score, Marcus Whitman, 86, Naples, 47. Uh, Marcus Whitman improves to 8-1, 6-0 in the league. That's their seventh straight win. They sit now alone in first place. Naples falls to 7-2, 5-1 in the league. That's their second straight loss. And it's time for the Little John Orthodontics Smiles With Style postgame show where I'm joined by junior Seth Benedict who had a career-high 26 points tonight, 17 of them in the first half. And Liam Pendergrass is over here taking a look. <laughs> um, and first thing, every time I come here, it looks like you guys have a lot of fun playing basketball with each other. Oh, yeah, we definitely do. We, uh, every practice we focus on is you know, doing our work, working hard, but you know, also incorporating having some fun with it. Yeah, one of the things I was most impressed with, I mean, obviously you had a phenomenal game today. Not only were you scored, but you rebounded, you assisted, you played great defense. But the way everybody seems like they get along on the team, I mean, everybody on that, I've gone to a lot of high school games this year, and people sit on the bench, they'd be moping if they're not in the game. But I didn't see that at all from you. So what what, what inspires that? What How's that instilled in you guys? 
We, uh, we've been playing a while. We've been playing since fourth, third grade, and uh, we kind of found each other's roles. I mean, the guys on the bench just give us energy, and then when they get their opportunity to come in, we want to give them the energy right. as well. So right. we play with each other and we play for each other. I would say that's the biggest thing. It shows. Yeah, it sure does. Um, and, you know, that unselfishness led to, I think we had you for 12 three-pointers as a team tonight, which is quite a bit. Um, you had three three-pointers in the first quarter and four on the game. Um, Liam Pendergrass, 14 points, 10 of them in the first quarter. And, and yeah, like, you know, John Donovan's a guy that could, could score maybe 20 points a game, but he, he doesn't try to. He, instead, he does a great job setting you guys up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's all process. We all find our, like, who's hot, and we give it the ball to them, we let them make a play, and when they lose it, we find somebody else to make the plays. So, you guys are in a tough class here in Class C1. Uh, there's some good teams like C.G. Finney and Avon. Um and you were on that team last year that gave a real nice uh, game to North Star Christian, who is now an A2 school in the semis. Um, how important is uh, is it for you guys to bring? Well, first of all, do you know the last time Marcus Whitman boys won a sectional title? Is it 76? Yeah, that's Very pretty good. good. I'll tell you good. what, you win yeah. a pizza. <laughs> um, Seven, yeah, 1976. So how important is it for you either this year or next year in your time here left at Marcus Whitman to kind of break that streak and bring a bring a block home i think it's very important we've been working hard together as a team to accomplish that goal bring back a sectional title um i remember back a few years we went to uh waterloo high school and we lost too bad um north rose woke it we were there I remember that one as a child and i was like dang i uh, kept that in the back of my mind i kind of used it as motivation so it's really important that's kind of our end goal to bring back you know block. john donovan was on that team yeah can you believe that boy. five years five years senior yep. Um, yeah, so Sharpie, anything? Yeah, one thing I noticed too uh, is that you guys pushed the ball up the court so quickly. You got numerous times where you were in the front court with two seconds to three seconds gone on that shot clock. Is that something you guys are looking to do, push it up, and if you have an easy basket, take it? Yeah. If not, then run your offense, run your stuff? Yeah, we push it up the floor. If there's something open, you know, we try to sure. get the best opportunity. If nothing's there, we just don't force it, and then we run our offense. Right. Before I let you go, just talk about Coach O'Connor. This was his love, Zach Lovejoy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody loves to get the camera time. Everybody loves to get the energy, man. Yeah. Everybody loves to get the camera time. I see Maddie Ryan over there from the girls' team. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they, the community. We all come and support each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing that uh, we certainly notice uh, when it comes to Marcus Whitman. Just uh, talk a little bit about Coach O'Connor before we let you go. Oh, what is it not talk about? Great guy. He's a great coach. He doesn't get to just coach it. He's just a... Uh, off the court kind of guy. He's going to be there and support you. Overall, he's a great guy. Well, I'll tell you what. A lot of fun watching you play. Um, it's not the last we're going to see with Marcus Whitman this year. Hope to see you make a great postseason run. I know for a fact we're going to get you um, when you come to Seneca Falls uh, to play Minders in a little yep. East-West game. So yeah, uh, um, let me get you your, as a Chichino's Pizzeria player of the game, large cheese pizza. Uh, maybe sure that was Zach. Love. Maybe that's yeah, why I love I'll Joy came over, over here. I'll take the whole team out and get some pizza. There you go. You might have to buy a second one, but your mom won the 50-50 <laughs> yeah, right. right. So great, lucky night for the Benedict family. Yeah, so, yeah, All right, well, buddy, congratulations. Yeah, nice to congratulations. see you. Congratulations. Let me take those headphones for you. You can get back in there with your team. We'll see you down the road. So that was pretty sweet. Um, getting to talk to Seth Benedict. And 
apologize for having those uh, technical problems with the microphone. As I was saying off the top of the show, you know, equipment costs. It looks like we're going to have to replace another one of those headsets. Um, so it's it's what we do. There's a lot of expense to it, unfortunately. Um, and that has to factor into, you know, what we choose to do and what we choose to cover. But as far as Seth Benedict and Marcus Whitman go, so much fun to watch. They're having fun. And I've noticed this since we since Coach we started following Coach O'Connor's team. I thought it was really cool that Seth Benedict said that one of the things that inspired him to want to play basketball was watching that South or that Marcus Whitman North Rose Woolkit semifinal game in uh, Waterloo. If you, it went to double overtime. Uh, was we were there, and one of the best high school games I've seen ever in terms of you know what was on the line and and the kids just coming through. Caleb Green was the guy that night for Whitman, just making big shots and. Um, I think Tyler Norris was just a sophomore on that team. Um, Jake Stevenson, uh, a senior on that team. Um, Garrett Hoyt. Uh, that that was a really good North Rose team and a really good stretch and run for them. And that was a great game. And Seth Benedict, who was probably oh, eleven or twelve years old at the time, watching that and saying, "Man, I want to be a part of this uh, Marcus Whitman basketball." program so i can play in games like that uh it's i think it's really special really cool i'm glad that he pointed that out and uh, made us aware of that and and yeah the whole bench for marcus whitman is involved in supporting their team during the game they always make the extra pass sometimes two extra passes and it really makes for some entertaining basketball to watch so my biggest takeaway from this week is Marcus Whitman is really good. Um, they're really fun to watch, and we're certainly pulling for them um, to to get to that sectional final. Maybe against another uh, Wayne Fingerlace teams like like Ananda. Uh, get to the Blue Cross and and see if they can bring home a sectional title. So thanks again to everybody at Marcus Whitman for helping us out. Hopefully we'll be back. And we know we're going to get them at least once on the road when they play Minders on Finger Lakes 1. So some more Finger Lakes West action. Uh, the Bloomfield Bombers beat Romulus 51-46. I saw Coach uh, Joe Pisnack at that Whitman game doing some scouting. Talked to him about his team. And, and yeah, they keep getting better. I mean, that program was rock bottom. And now... They're they're very competitive. Um, I mentioned they're in D two. I could see them getting to a sectional final. I don't know if they could beat Prattsburg, but they keep getting better and better. Uh, for Romulus, Camden Derby had fifteen in that one. Uh, for Bloomfield, though, Tanner Kimball triple double, thirty one points, ten rebounds, ten steals. So uh, John Maston squad, um, I don't know what to make of them. I I really. Th- Feel that they're they're talented, good team. Um, they've lost a lot of games. I thought they might have done better in. Um, they did pull out the win at home against Romulus on Friday night, and uh, Honeyway got a big win. They're really in need of a win. Um, they went to uh, South Seneca, came out with a seventy three sixty one win. Dom Trippy exploded for thirty points in that game, go along with eight rebounds and five assists. Tyler Rudolph had twenty three. Again, they lost John Marble and uh, Max Yale off that team that lost to Clyde last year in the sectional finals at the Blue Cross. But um, they're starting to get it together. Maybe they can make another run. Anthony Ref with 20 points for South Seneca in that one. And the Red Jacket boys are probably the most overlooked team by Finger Lakes 1 so far this season. Haven't really talked to them too much. Haven't done any of their games. Um, 
61-39 win against Dundee there. So that brings us to the Finger Lakes West boys standings. And, uh, yeah, with that win, big win for Marcus Whitman. And it's going to be tough for anyone to catch him. Uh, they go to Naples in February. That'll be an opportunity. Um, Red Jacket has an opportunity to, to knock him off. Um, HAC and Bloomfield uh, and Honeyway could do it too. Uh, so I don't think it's likely, though. Um, you know, Whitman, I'm really impressed with Marcus Whitman this year. So let's move on now quickly to the Wayne County boys where not much to say here this week. You know, Lions, this is almost a little sad. You know, Lions-Clyde games last year were incredible, both at the Atwood, which Lions won for the first time in Justice Smith's career. He beat Clyde. Then Clyde got revenge in Clyde in a game where the Wayne County title was on the line. Uh, They beat Lions, and both games were just jam-packed, capacity crowds. And uh, this year, it just wasn't the same feel on Friday night in Clyde as Lions won 85-43. to Uh, And honestly, I don't know if these types of games are the types of competition that Lions is getting night in and night out in Wayne County is good for what they're trying to do. They want to win another sectional title. We'll be back-to-back sectional titles. They want to go to the uh, state playoffs as well. And, you know, this week they got Marion and Williamson. Uh, Like, Justice Smith was disinterested against Clyde. Um you know, he had 11 points. Horace Betts had 12. Justin Smith had 12. I mean, Amir James had 12. David Weaver had 11. For Clyde, Hunter Donsellar had 12. Cam Chance had 11. And it was just not feeling like your typical Clyde game, uh, Lions game. And um, Coach Darren Preston trying to – the cupboard was bare, you know, when he took over for Tim Jackson. So it's going to be a quite a rebuilding process. And Cam Chance just a – sophomore hopefully by the time he's a senior um you know they've built something back up um to what to similar to what they had you know the past few years uh, also in wayne county uh, north rose Wilkett got a nice win 65 48 at marion um gananda beat sodas on the road 62 47 not an easy place to play so if we look at the wayne county stand boy standings look Gananda has to come to the Atwood, that, and Lions has to go to East Rochester. Those are the two only two opportunities, I believe, for Lions to get upset. Um, other than that, you know, Lions is going to roll in Wayne County. Don't mean to disrespect Sotis. I just Sotis has to come to the Atwood. I don't see them being able to to pull off that win, but it's all Wayne County or all Lions. In Wayne County. So move ahead now to the girls action real quick as we're already about 20 minutes left in this show, a little less. Finger Lakes East. I said last week Mid Lakes girls would win the East, but they'd lose two games. And I thought that one of those two games could come this week. They had Geneva and Wayne. Um, well, they beat Geneva pretty easy, 64-47. Elena Forbes, 28 points, 8 steals. Kara Walker, 13. Macy Kisner, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Lauren Devaney, nice game for Geneva, 23 points and 10 rebounds, but not enough um, to beat Midlakes. And then 
Wayne came to Mid Lakes again. Another chance I thought for for an upset, but man, the Nate Rich's Lady Screaming Eagles had different plans. Fifty-seven thirty-one. Mid Lakes wins. Lena Forbes at eighteen, and a bigger note is that she broke Sydney Jones' all-time Mid Lakes scoring mark. Um, that game. So congratulations to Elena Forbes. She keeps adding to her list of accomplishments and with plenty of games left to go, she's going to put some distance between herself and Sydney Jones on that all-time Midlakes uh, scoring uh, list. Um, Kara Walker, 17 points and 8 rebounds. Macy Kisner, 9 points, 8 rebounds. Alexa Glanzel had 10 for Wayne. Uh, big game for the Waterloo girls. They had to go to Geneva. Um, Geneva's having a tough go of it this year, boy, in the East. And Waterloo is Waterloo hasn't played Mid Lakes yet. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, but Waterloo beats Geneva in Geneva, fifty-three to fifty-one in overtime. Carrie Jensen had fourteen points. Mackenzie Barber nine point six rebounds. Jillian Panic nine point six rebounds. Macy Carr seven. Allie Smith six. Jasmine Lewis five points, five rebounds. These Waterloo Indians, unlike the boys who are kind of trending down the past couple weeks, these Waterloo Lady Indians under Mike Bree are trending up. So we'll see if maybe they can be one of the teams that would knock out Midlakes. Uh, another overtime game on Friday night, Minders and Pelmac. And boy, what a heartbreaker for Minders. Pelmac, one of the top teams in the East this year, heads to Seneca Falls to face Minders. Katie Smith Smythe hits uh, one or two free throws. Um, to send it into overtime, and then in overtime it was all uh, Red Raiders for, um, and uh, it was Grace Seether with 14 points, Katie Smythe with 11. For Miners, Mary Dole finally saw her get some scoring um, done, 12 points. They're going to need her to score. Uh, Caitlin Korzineski, 9 points. Bridget Miller, 6 rebounds. But, uh, man, devastating loss. Coach Anderson and the Blue Devils really could have used could have used that one. Dan Harris, though, um, a nice road win uh, for his Palmac Lady Red Raiders. And then the Newark girls, uh, who start, had a horrible start, are had a good win hosting Penyan, 44-39. Kayla Bryant, 13 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 blocks. Which brings us to the girls' standings in the East. And again, it's all mid-lakes. I believe they beat Palmac once already. Um, they turned away Wayne. Uh, they beat Minders so far, and they beat Geneva just this week. We'll see what Waterloo can do against the Screaming Eagles, undefeated at 9-0 and here. So, Finger Lakes West girls basketball. South Seneca beat Honeyway 69-23. Marcus Whitman uh, with a win at Naples 64-29. Maddie Ryan had 14 points. Ari Beverly had 13. Emily Paddock 12. Aliyah Beverly had 11. They held Autumn Coons to just 16. Uh, Whitman girls, really good defensive club. Um, generally lower scoring game. 64 points is a lot for them to score too. Um, so they're on the upswing this week. Red Jacket at Dundee. Dundee's quietly, girls are quietly putting something together down there for the Scots. Uh, but Red Jacket did get the win, 52-51. This Red Jacket team hasn't looked as solid or sectional contender quality as they did at the end of last season 
We'll see if they can continue to improve. This was a nice road win, though. Sydney close with 15 points. Sarah Van Aken with 10. Olivia Hotchkiss, coach's daughter, with 7. For Dundee, Mackenzie Strait um, having a great season. 15 points, 5 assists. Megan Sutherland, 12. Mackenzie Kratzley, 11.6 assists, 11 rebounds. Haley Knapp, 9 points, 13 rebounds. Dundee Lady Scots uh, are doing a little resurgence down there in uh, Southern Yates County. And then on Saturday night, just last night, Livonia beat HAC 77-44. Eliza Nicosia had 13 points, and Anna Thompson had 12 for the Lady Wolves. So let's take a look at the Finger Lakes West girls' standings. And, yeah, where you go. South, I mean, this is a season across all the Wayne Finger Lakes leagues. It's the usual suspects um, at the top of the leaderboards here. Um, South Seneca in first. They got Red Jacket coming up. Um, Romulus Lady Warriors got a good chance Thursday night to make a statement um, when they host South Seneca. It's going to be a wild scene in that gym. That that rivalry really gets things going. Uh, a couple of programs that have won state championships in the last decade, South Seneca and Romulus squaring off. So good to see the Romulus girls and Damon Nicholson uh, has his team up there in contention. And uh, Coach Parzak's Whitman Wildcat girls putting together a nice season uh so that's a, what we got going on there in the finger lakes west which leaves us just the wayne county girls and the lions lions keep rolling on uh, having a great season caitlin mcdonald 15 points 11 rebounds and a win over soda 61 38 the lady lions wins latavia blaisdell had 12.7 rebounds amani harder 10 caden crago 9.6 assists Fatima Finley, 23 points to lead Sotis. And then in what should have been or what I would have thought would be just, you know, a, a, a really good game um, at Red Creek, the Gananda Lady Panthers, Lady Blue Panthers, 61-28 victory at Red Creek. Peyton Daffler, 22.7 rebounds. Emma Drake, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Brianna Trotta, 7 points, 12 boards. Izzy Wilbur, 11 points and 7 rebounds for Red Creek. And, and Red Creek Thought would be a little better this year. They're really having a rough go of it um, so far this season. Uh, also, girls' action in Wayne County. Clyde beat Williamson. Gananda got another win on Friday night, 40-38 to over Aquinas. There's some nice sectional points for you. Um, Red Creek girls went out of section to face Section 3's Hannibal on Friday night. They lost again, 56-36. And then uh, the Byron Burgeon girls uh, beat East Rochester Saturday, 62 62- to 49 so taking a look at those wayne county girl standings and the marion black knights undefeated um they had a nice out of conference victory over newark last week they're at 10 and 0 um looking forward to that lions marion matchup or the i think marion already beat gananda once gananda will have a chance to avenge that loss so uh, some interesting stuff going on in the Wayne County Girls League so far this season. So how are we doing here? Oh, man, we are really short on time. I better get to our power rankings for the week. So let's see what we got here. Well, should we start boys or girls? Let's start boys. Wayne's still at number one. Lions number two. Every week we talk about it. Um, you know, what would happen if they played? Who would win? Uh a lot of Lions folks feel they should be number one. I mean, their team is is pretty awesome, but you know Wayne is is pretty incredible too. And then 
So for now, it's Wayne 1, Lions 2. Geneva all the way back up to 3. Um, I love this Geneva team. I think that they can be uh, a B1 sectional title winner. I think they can give trouble to Wayne with their size. That should be an interesting game. Um, Newark Reds sliding back up. at they, that, that upset loss to Waterloo was kind of shocking to the system. But they went down to Elmira. Won their division in the Josh Palmer Classic. And now they're back up to four with a huge game on Tuesday night um, in Ontario when they take on the Eagles. Of course, Finger Lakes one's there. Marcus Whitman up to five. Thought maybe they could sneak up to four, but it's always tough um, to break into that upper echelon of East teams if you're in Wayne County or, well, I shouldn't say Wayne County. Traditionally, the really good teams in Wayne County have been able to get up there in the rankings with the East teams. But the West teams, that's a different story. But Myers Whitman, a former Finger Lakes East team, um, kind of breaks that mold. And so we'll see how high they can maybe rise over the next few weeks um, in the power rankings. They're up to five now. Waterloo was three last week. They're down to six, or maybe it was two weeks ago they were three, but they're down to six now. Um, I wouldn't call it a free fall, but they better do something to stop the bleeding uh, coming up this week. We'll look at who they're playing in just a moment. Um, the Ganondah Blue Panthers uh, quietly putting together another winning season. They're contenders in Class C1. East Rochester putting together a nice season as well. On the boys' side, Miners is back in the uh, power rankings with a nice win uh, against Pelmac. And Naples drops to 10, and that's where it gets really tough at the bottom of the power rankings with, you know, do you put a 6th or 7th place team in the East in over a 2nd or 3rd place team in the West or Wayne County? And so it's just always interesting to see. Sometimes you ask yourself, what would happen if they played? So what would happen if Miners and Naples played? Uh, I I think Minders would win that game, you know. Um, what would happen if Minders and East Rochester played? I just, that would be that would be pretty interesting. I um, haven't seen East Rochester so far this year, um, and and Minders Gananda as well. Now Gananda plays Midlake, so that's a barometer. And um, but Minders barely got by Midlakes, and that was with Devin Hicks leaving the game halfway through with an injury. So, anyways, it's interesting to to think about those things. Um, what if we were to now take a look at the West? Or no, the girls' power rankings. Midlakes, of course, still number one. If they don't lose, they're going to be number one all year. South Seneca, though, doing what they do. Uh, Marion, and this is another issue. Marion's undefeated. But what would happen if Palmac or Wayne played Marion? I don't know. I'm not sure. Marion just got by Newark, who is at the bottom of the Finger Lakes East. So, but... If you keep winning, you, well, you're going to be up there. Uh, Palmac, despite that over or with that overtime win over Minders, is at four. Wayne drops from three to five. The Waterloo Indians up to six. I believe they lost to Wayne and Palmac, which is why they are just outside of that top five. Uh, Karen Muisson's Gananda Blue Panthers, solid as always. Uh, the Minders Lady Blue Devils at eight. The Lions, Lions at 9, and hey, the Romulus Warriors sneak in at 10. Uh, a little better than I think people think. Sectional contenders in Class D, too. So there you have it, sports fans. Those are our power rankings. And I should also show you real quick here. 
that the list of undefeated teams is diminishing. No boys teams are undefeated in the Wayne Finger Lakes at this point, but Mid Lakes girls and Marion uh, Black Knights continue to be unbeaten. So, moving forward now, here with just about uh, three, four minutes left to go, I want to remind you that we'll be in Wayne at Wayne High School for Newark and Wayne on Tuesday night. This coming Tuesday, myself and Tane Robinson have the call courtside. Then Thursday, it's Dave Barnick and Mike Alessio at the Elvaro Gym in Romulus. South Seneca girls against the Romulus girls back here next Sunday for the Upstate Hoops podcast. And then the following Tuesday, a Wayne County battle between Gananda and Lions. And I'll be back in the booth with Kevin Sharp for that one. So um, set those calendar reminders. Live high school basketball on Finger Lakes 1. Not much better in the winter if you're a basketball fan, I think. So, spotlight games this week, quickly. Monday night, Gananda's at Midlakes for the boys. Penyans at World of Inquiry. Tuesday night, New Miners goes at Avon, Avon which is um, an interesting matchup. Avon, very good. So, big test for Kevin Korzeneski's Blue Devils. Newark at Wayne on Finger Lakes 1 Tuesday night. Wednesday night, ER at Gananda. Big rivalry game and a big game for both teams. Um... You know, in Wayne County, the, w- the loser has no chance of catching the Lions. The winner, outside chance, I suppose. Lions at Marion. Uh, Red Jacket at Honeyoy. South Seneca at Naples. Marcus Whitman at Romulus. Geneva at Palmac. Friday night, Wayne at Palmac. Penyan at Midlakes. Geneva at Minders. Uh, chance for Minders to pull an upset uh, for Geneva. Another chance to uh, make my prediction of them finishing second in the East come true. HAC at Whitman, Romulus at South Seneca, Boys, Naples at Red Jacket, ER at Red Creek, Lions at Williamson. So, man, Lions could score 200 points this week in those two games. Honeyoy at Bloomfield on Saturday. Girls side of things, Pelmac at Wilson on Tuesday night. Clyde at ER, North Rose Wolcott at Gananda, Lions at Marion. That's a big game in Wayne County. Uh, Lions at Marion Girls Tuesday night. Aquinas at Geneva, Romulus at Marcus Whitman. Naples at South Seneca, and then Wayne at Penyan. Wednesday night, Avon at Waterloo. Nice test for the Waterloo Indians at home, the Lady Indians. Thursday, Whitman at HAC. Red Creek at East Rochester. Lions at Gananda. So huge week in Wayne County for the Lions girls. Sodas at Marion. Red Jacket at Naples. And then on Finger Lakes 1, South Seneca at Romulus. Mid Lakes on the road at Aquinas. Friday night, Minders at Geneva. Girls. Midlakes at Penyan, Newark at Waterloo, Palmac at Wayne, which is a real good one. Um, and then Saturday, Honeyoy at Bloomfield. A nice rivalry game there. And Gananda at Prattsburg. So there you have it. Another good week. Uh, reviewing some of the bull predictions. Uh, Geneva that I made last week. I said the Geneva boys will finish second in the East. Um, I still think that's looking good. I said the Midlakes girls will win the Finger Lakes but East but lose two league games. Um, she's that's not looking as uh, solid, you know. I don't know why. I just don't think that the Midlakes girls have looked as dominant as maybe I thought. You remember at this time they weren't recognized as like this juggernaut team. 
they were a top team in the East and they were undefeated, but it wasn't until we got deeper into the season and then into sectionals that we were like, wow. So actually things not too much different this year than last year for Midlakes. They're winning games, um, some of them maybe not by a wider margin that you would think a defending state Final Four team would be. Um, real quick, if you're watching us on Spectrum Channel 1304, um, the show is going to end for you in about – six seconds so um we'll see you tuesday night in ontario and next week here um but for everyone else we move on um bold predictions last week too what else we got wayne boys lions boys whitman boys go undefeated in league play yeah i still stand by that south Seneca girls go undefeated in league play and i stand by that as well and uh wow so Another week without guests here in the studio, just me doing a lot of talking. Glad you could be here with me. I want to remind you to get involved this season. Contact us. Call into our hotline. Submit scores and photos. You know what? I didn't even check our hotline. I better do that before we get out of here. I don't know why, though. Nobody ever calls our our hotline um, to get involved in the show here. So let's check our messages over here. Um, that's one 315 flx one extension 803 for the Upstate Hoops podcast. And our mailbox is empty. Maybe this idea of trying to get people to call in and ask questions and be part of the show just isn't working out. But um, if you're listening and you disagree with something I say or you have some questions or want us to talk about certain um, teams or players, then call one 315 3591 That's 866-315-FLX1, extension 803 for the Upstate Hoops podcast. Leave your name, where you're calling from, and give us your questions or comments. And also, a reminder, you can email scores at fingerlakes1.com with your score reports. You can send us photos through Twitter at fingerlakes1. You can text Message um, game updates, scoring updates, and photos to 315-651-7500. So we can only, uh, the more that you help us out with information and media, the better we can make these shows and our coverage. So um, we appreciate everything that everybody does for us. And, and if, you, if you haven't ever sent us anything, try it. Um, you'll, and you'll see that we'll take that information or that media and we'll use it in our nightly score reports here on the podcast or at our next game webcast. So let about do it here for another episode of the Upstate Hoops podcast. Thanks for joining us. Connect with us on Twitter at Finger Lakes One. Subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, just click that red button and all our high school basketball content and everything that we do at FingerLakesOne.com. Um, will be inserted into your YouTube feed. Our audio-only podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher.com. Archived episodes are available at FingerLakes1.tv, and this podcast airs weekly on FingerLakes TV, Spectrum Channel 1304. You can also find our show, live stream games, and local news, weather, and sports 24-7 on the free FingerLakes1.com Android or iPhone app. Thanks for joining us. We will see you Tuesday night in Wayne.